it's Louise again with episode 3 of the Knit British Podcast. This week it's the one without the creeping finger. On today's episode I have some news, my postbag, my first foray into Fair Isle, Cast on, cast off, and a look at some very special yarn from John Arbin. (laughs) Well, thank you for joining me again, and a very special hello to listeners new and old. If I can have old listeners after only three episodes. (laughs) I've had lots of lovely comments and messages since the last podcast and emails. And it really encourages me and inspires me. I've had some requests for some features that I hope to bring you. um, And also some ideas that I've had um, my own as time goes on. I'm really trying to work on the podcast and the blog stuff with regularity. Although it's not been easy very recently because work and life and things get in the way. But I'm really inspired to, to do more and I hope you're equally inspired to keep on listening. One of the little tasks that I'd like to do is set up set up a RAV group for Knit British. Ever since I started blogging I've had lots of emails from people asking for tips on British wool and ideas for knitting British and also suggestions for me for yarn that you've discovered. And ever since I started podcasting I've had quite a few requests um, for a RAV group. So I I tweeted about it, which is what I do with all my big life decisions. Tweet about it. <laughs> and the answer was a, a nice yes. So so very soon, look out for a knit British group on Ravelry. Maybe even by the time this podcast goes live. I just have to see if I can fit it in this weekend, along with editing and such like. I hope you'll you'll come over and join and chat and share your wool recommendations and your, your and show your projects knitted in British wool and let's have some general chit chat as well as sharing the British wool love. It's been so nice to um, talk to you and interact with some of you on Twitter and also in the comments on my blog and also those of you who've emailed me through the blog so it'd be nice to all get together together <laughs> if that makes sense. <laughs> course I will blog and tweet about it when I do get up and running but again as I say you never know even by end of the weekend there may be a a knit British Ravelry group. So what have you all been up to since we last met? Did you go to Unravel? Did you finish your Follier Arrows? Well I had a little trip to Glasgow for a course. I would have loved to have done some shopping and visited the yarn cake but unfortunately the course times dictated otherwise. I did though get a trip to the Kelvin Grove Art Gallery to see the Jack Vetriano retrospective and it was open late last week um, for the final week um, and so it was lovely to wa- wander around and look at all the, the paintings. The only thing I would say is that there was actually no flow. You know quite often when you when you go to a gallery or an exhibit there's a there's a natural flow around you know you go around the right hand side and you come around the left and out again and uh, or you're directed which way to go and there was nothing like that in some ways I guess it's a bit beneficial because you have to wander around a couple of times and and I did get to wander around a couple of times I mean you know you go in and, and your eyes are drawn to the paintings that you you love the most or you recognize first so you do sort of hop around but it was great and there was lots of different rooms 
And it was also really interesting to see whose collection the painting was in. You know, there was a few in the collection of Jack Nicholson. I think Billy Conley was another one. Do, I do sometimes think, though, <laughs> when uh, when I see like somebody's name from the collection of such and such, um, if they have a big blank space on their wall <laughs> where it hung, you know, like <laughs> discoloured by cigarettes or just time. <laughs> but that's just me, probably. <laughs> Yeah, I've always really liked Jack Vetriano's stuff. Maybe not so much the the ones with the cars as the object, but I I think there's something really melancholic and beautiful and tragic in all of his paintings. Even the ones that are seemingly romantic seem like they're celebrating something lost or, or loss. Um, yeah, very absorbing. I really felt privileged to get to see them. Also privileged was I to be in the first UK audience to see the film of the 100-year-old man who climbed out of a window and disappeared, which was shown as part of the Glasgow Film Festival. I haven't read Jonas Jonsson's book, although it's on my wish list, but I've only ever heard good things about it, and so when I saw the film advertised, then I thought, yeah, I must go along and see this. Um, If you haven't heard about it before. Basically, the storyline, which is dictated by the title, runs parallel to tall tales from the main character's past. It's really funny. There's a a chase with a biker gang. There's a suitcase full of money. There are lots of bombs and explosions. Espionage, Franco, Stalin, an elephant. (laughs) Not necessarily in that order. It's also a buddy movie with a difference. And I found I was still laughing at the jokes before when the next joke came along. Sign of a good movie, I think. The acting was brilliant, the casting was brilliant, and, you know, it's just a blooming great story. So if you get the chance to see it, go and see it, because there isn't actually a UK release date yet. And even if you don't like subtitle movies, or think you don't like subtitle movies, go and see it, because I'm sure this film will change your mind. It's just brilliant. I have had some lovely post um, this month and I just wanted to share some of it with you. Uh, Firstly, I took part in Caithness Craft Collective's swap uh, last month and the theme of the swap was under a kilogram. The thinking behind that was that uh, in the UK, parcels under a kilogram are, well, they're not as cheap as they used to be, but they're, they're a lot cheaper than parcels over a kilogram. My swapper uh, was Louise from Caithness Craft Collective and she was very, very, very good at reading my Ravelry profile (laughs) because she included lots of lovely nibbly things um, from Caithness. Caithness shortbread and chocolate and oat cakes, some beautiful handmade envelopes and stationery, a lovely embellished notebook to uh, write my podcast ideas down in, which, if you can hear that, Louise, that's my wee notebook, I'm using it. Um, (laughs) A lovely Notions tin and, well, two of my absolute favourite things, even though they were all lovely and great, was a cat print project bag inspired by the Jeremy Jean, who... I have to say, isn't co-hosting with me at the moment. Somebody had commented and said that they liked the cat co-host. But she's not here at the moment. She's sleeping somewhere. Anyway, the bag had a cat. It was covered in cat print. And 
it's got my blooming knit British logo on it. Louise spent ages, I um, I can only imagine, st- uh, stitching on a little red heart and wrote knit British in the middle of it. I was really touched by that. <laughs> the other great item was a mahusive hank of yarn that Louise had spun from a neighbouring sheep. So that was totally knit British and so- what a thoughtful swapper, really. If you ever take part in, in a Caithness Craft Collective swap and you get Louise, then you're really, really lucky. I sent my package to Nick from the Yarns from the Plain podcast and I had a theme within a theme. <laughs> a little theme within a theme. Is that a meta theme? <laughs> I don't know. So I sort of included all the things you would need for a nice relaxing night of knitting. I included some yummy coffee some Shetland munchies to enjoy, uh, a little candle for some relaxation. Oh, and Nick Nick is also really into British wool, and so I sent some Mohair and Jacobs, a lovely red russety um, ruby-coloured yarn, which actually I bought from a lady who from the wool clip who came up to Shetland for Shetland Wool Week and had a stall at the Maker's Market, so... That was a nice DK. And I also sent some BFL uh, lace weight from, from Laura's Looms because I know that Nick weaves as well as knits. So um, this was this yarn is single spun and can be used for both hand knitting and weaving. So um, I thought that would be a nice little addition. Um, and I also sent some soak samples. It wasn't soak, it was Yuselan. Uh, both lovely, great brands. <laughs> Uh, And I also included, as I do in all my swaps, a little guide to Shetland because, you know, the Isles might just call and you need to know where you're going, I think. (laughs) Also in the post this month, I received a lovely bundle of vintage patterns from a Twitter chum, Ursula. I'll probably do a little blog post on one day on these because there's some really lovely standout patterns but I, I'll post up a couple of pictures on the show notes. They're mostly from the 1960s and I have t- really enjoyed poring over them. There's something about the 60s patterns and the 70s patterns. That they just sort of have a character all of their own. Maybe it's when you know yarn was more commercially available and uh, uh, I, I, don't, I don't know, um, you know, the fuzzy wuzzy yarns and, and different yarns, fancy yarns and things and the... The photo shoots sometimes reflect these, you know, in a in a unique way. So I'll definitely put some pictures up of that. It was really lovely of Ursula to to think to send them, and I really appreciate appreciate that. And actually, I think I've queued up a couple of the patterns already. So thank you very much to Ursula WJ for that. Finally, I also received my first Ripples Crafts Post Office Run Yarn Club. Um, you probably remember me talking about this last time but I decided that I would record opening the package. So let's go back in time to hear that. Is that back in time noise? At the moment, you're listening to me in the past. Uh, Today is Monday the 3rd of February. I have come home uh, to a lovely packet from Ripple's Crafts, which has my post office run yarn club in it um, and I've just opened the bag I haven't looked inside yet 
wrapped in tissue paper. I apologise now, there might be squealing involved. You'll remember that this is Blueface Lester High Twist Yarn, which is inspired by the landscape that Ripples Crafts Helen passes each day on her run to the post office. There's a letter in the bag which says, Thank you for joining the new 2014 Yarn Club, the post office run. Many of you will have read the background to this club on my blog, and so you'll know that each month the colours will be influenced by the seasons and the landscape I drive through several times a week to reach the little post office in Loch Inver. We are still in the grip of winter in Ascent, and the colours can sometimes be difficult to find, but it is always there. If you have a look at my blog entry about the inspiration behind my colour choices, you will see that in many of the photographs I put up in the blog entry, the predominant colours were chestnutty brown of the bracken, the winter beech leaves still clinging to the trees, as well as the grey rocks and tree bark and the lichen which adds a splash of colour to the winter landscape. While dyeing these colours, I was aware that some of you would find them challenging, but they are a true reflection of our landscape in the winter, and the colours are reflected in the buildings I pass too. Have a look at the church door photograph on my blog. Enjoy your yarn. Kind regards, Helen. Okay, so now I'm going to open the tissue paper. It's <laughs> exciting. I love getting yarn. Lots and lots. Let's see, let's see. <gasps> wow. That is stunning. Wow. Okay, it's there, there is the, the bracken and the chestnut browns. There is all those things that, that Helen described there. It's, oh, it's so plump and shiny. <laughs> it's Superwash Blue Face Lester. 100 grams, approximately 365 metres. Oh, it's lovely. It's everything that Helen said it was. It, it, there's, um, wow. This is lovely. The greens are what I've been looking for this week. Some little sign of spring. Really lovely, vibrant greens with going into greys and, and lavenders. The, the, the chestnut brown is almost the colour of, of auburn hair. It's beautiful. So shiny. What a luster. And those grey of the rocks. I'm going to have to see if I can link to the pictures on Helen's blog so you can see what will this become, I wonder. Um, I think I'd quite like it as a, 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 I might attempt socks, you know, or as a really special shawl. So that's my first ever yarn club package ever to have arrived. I was a bit awestruck by this scheme. You know, think, thinking about it, I might not have bought it had I seen it in a shop or online. You know, it's it's possibly not necessarily the kind of colours that I would go for. But just, you know, looking at it and, and opening up the skein and, and smoothing it out, looking at those colours and knowing the inspiration behind them. And that that really sort of speaks to me. And, and, and that green, I so need that green. I feel the, the real need to consume colour just now. Also because it's it's getting spring-like, but things are still a bit brown. And that green is just 
delightful. Just, you know, I feel like I could eat it up. I keep bringing it out and having a look at it and think and looking on Ravelry at what I could make with it, and, and everything just doesn't seem quite good enough to to show the yarn. I think this is going to make a really special shawl. And the next one, the next Ripples Crafts instalment of the Yarn Club is winging its way to me right now. It's somewhere between Ascent and Shetland. And Helen has already set the bar so high with this skein, so I just can't wait to see what the next one's going to be like. Can't wait, can't wait! Cast on, cast off. Right, well let's not even mention the tree rings blanket, okay? <laughs> I understand now this is the third podcast that I am still knitting on, the knit-on edging. <laughs> Do you know, it's really quite an easy knit, knitting on this edging. But it's so bulky now. You know, I can't take it anywhere with me. I can only knit it in a concentrated bit of knitting time, you know, when I when I can't go anywhere, so that I am sort of stuck underneath this blanket. But anyway, one day, listeners, one day I will have it finished for you to see. I usually should just, like, take a day off work and sit and finish this GD knit on edging. Maybe by winter time it'll, I'll have finished it and I, then I'll re- that's when I'll really need it. <laughs> Something I did cast off was Willy Wormhead's Cairn Mantle hat. I loved this pattern ever since I saw a preview of it on her blog, on Willy's blog. It's a iron weight slouchy knit hat, um, which is my favourite kind. And the, the, the texturing is a lovely moss stitch um, with a, a cable pattern running up the side. Of course it's woolly worm head so it's a beautifully written pattern and it's both written and charted. And as I said from the moment I saw it I knew I wanted to knit it but what wool? The pattern is knitted in single ply Malabrigo worsted. Uh, which uh, which adds to the texture of the hat. So I went stash diving to ste- see what I could see, uh, all the while chanting moustache down, moustache down, um, and I found some beautiful uh, Donegal Arran, which my friend Mavra brought back from Ireland, and it's a lovely sort of purple-grey with uh, flashes of green. I think it's called Heathered Arran, and it just flew off the needles. It just I just finished it as quickly as I cast it on, really. It was a one afternoon knit, really. The yarn is what I'd say um, has a sturdy a sturdy squidge. But once it's off, it softens up a bit once once it's washed, but it's still rustic. I love that. I love that rustic tweediness. I just I just lightly blocked it. I didn't didn't need much blocking, I just sort of pulled the cable pattern out a little bit. And I as soon as it was dry it went straight in my head. <laughs> <laughs> and it hasn't really been off since because this is the the glory about this time of year is that you can still wear hats. It's still wintry, but the weather is getting slightly better, but you still need a hat. You can't go anywhere without a hat. You must have a hat. <laughs> That's my credo. You must have a hat. My follow your arrow has taken a little rest. I stopped about clue four. Um... Oh, I just fell out of love with the colours I'd chosen, really. I will just leave it a little while and then go back and see if I still don't love the colours. And if not, I'll frog. But I'll definitely cast on again and I'll do the same 
clues that I chose, but just with different a different yarn or a different colour. I love the pattern and I really, 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 really love the clues that I chose. I love the way that it's it's formed and, I, and I've been really inspired looking at all the finished objects of this pattern on Ravelry. But I just don't think I would ever wear the colour combination that I chose. And there is a lot to be said for letting whips rest, I think, as long as you don't let, let them rest too long. So yes, let it rest for a wee while and then regroup. At this stage, although I, I'm not, I've not looked at it to, to, again since I let it rest, I think I probably will cast on again in a different colour. So watch this space. Uh, I also cast on this month Elizabeth Smith's Ramona cardigan. I had bought some sunshiny yellow J.C. Rennie, um, the chunky lambswool, which isn't lamp chunky at all, it's Aran. Is it lambswool, actually? I can't remember if the chunky is lambswool. Possibly some lambswool in it. Yeah, I bought I bought it on a cone for a fiver at a sample sale. And I just knew it was destined to be a yellow cardigan. I, it's Again, it's that need to consume colours Yellow is probably not my usual colour. <laughs> uh, I don't think it would work well as a sweater, you know, just a block of yellow. But I think as a cardigan and, you know, wearing it open or with layers, then then it's going to look really pretty. So I looked for a long time for a pattern that I liked and I actually cast on two different cardigan patterns before I ripped it back for this one. Um, I was really struck by the classic simplicity of Ramona and I love the clean lines and it's top-down pattern, seamless, um, although I think there's there's a little bit of a technique to make it look like um, there's a seam. I am almost at the end of the raglan shaping and of course I may endure a bit of stock and stitch catatonia while doing the body, but I think it's going to be quite a quickish knit. Um, and I'm really looking forward to that yellow cardigan being finished. I'm also dangerously, dangerously close to casting on Karina Westerman's Wedbeck, which is the latest shawl release from her Doggerland collection. It's a four-ply shawl, beautifully textured with garter and slip stitch, and I really want to knit it, but I really want to wait until I've cast off at least one work in progress. But I did go to Jimison and Smith and buy some delightful yarn. Um, I'm going to fondle it now. Uh, don't you just hate me? I think people must actually hate me because I get to go to the Jimison Smith shop all the time, as many times as I like, because it's very, very close to me. <laughs> I'm so evil. <laughs> um, <laughs> be jealous, I don't care. <laughs> but if you ask me nicely, I might do some personal shopping for you. <laughs> um, the yes, the yarn I bought. I shouldn't be so. I should be so horrid. I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, the yarn I bought is uh, Jimison Smith. Two ply jumper weight, which is the same weight as um, fingering four ply. Normally, I, I go for the naturals because I'm a big fan of the Shetland natural colours. There's so many of them and they're so diverse, and I love them. They have their own unique characteristics. But I knew I needed this colour, this consuming colour thing. It's shade FC thirty eight, which probably means absolutely nothing to you unless you've got the Jimison and Smith. Uh, website open in front of you which is www.shetlandwoolbrokers.co.uk should you not know and it's oh, it's lovely it's orangey rusty rustity there's little flashes of brown and green uh it's gorgeous it's really 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 gorgeous uh and again i i just feel the need for for 
a warming colour. Uh, so I really do need to finish that blanket, but I actually have a good excuse that I could cast on if I talked myself into it. And I'm pretty sure that I don't need much arm twisting. Um, <laughs> I'm going away to Edinburgh next week and I'll need something. I can't take a cardigan with me. You know, that's not practical. I certainly can't take the lump that is the blanket. So I, I could cast it on. I just have it with me in my bag as a sort of travel project. It's it's only fair, really. Don't you think? I think so. So yes, I, that possibly will come to Edinburgh with me. While I am in Edinburgh, by the way, as an aside, I am going to be going to Ginger Twist Studios, which you would have heard me talking about in the first podcast which is one of Edinburgh's newest yarn stores. And I'm going to have a little chat with Jess from Ginger Twist for the podcast. So that'll be on the next podcast. Um, you'll get to hear that. I've also arranged um, to meet up with some lovely knitty people and have a good old knit and chin wag in the evening. So very much looking forward to that. See the fun you can have when you have to go away for a course. It doesn't have to be all boring. You can schedule a little knitting window in whenever you can. <laughs> At least I try and make sure that I can. You might remember in the first episode I was lamenting my rubbish colour work abilities and the fact that I don't like my lack of ability to get in the way and that I really like to try if I can to learn a task. And if I can't, I can't, but... I like to give it a go. Well, I was lucky enough to find a local night class which was offering an introduction to Fair Isle and um, the cheater was the same cheater that I had learned the drop spindle with and I knew that I really liked her teaching methods so I knew I would enjoy her Fair Isle class. Um, my problems are with tension and I never really know how to hold the wool uh, and the cheater explained that most Shetlanders were taught to knit with two colours on one finger and you creep each colour off the finger and onto the needle. We quickly discovered that I did not have the creeping finger of which she spoke. Um, I hold the needles quite far down, apparently. That's a problem from persevering and teaching, to knit, teaching myself to knit. So I can't sort of do that demure little movement of just moving the, f the finger to loop the yarn over the needles. My right hand is actually quite active in the knitting action, which I've be I have been told quite a lot of times is wrong, but it works for me. So, But I was given a little exercise to help with tension, which was to knit one colour and then the other colour, one and one, for a few rounds. And then do one colour and then two stitches of the other colour, so one and two for a few rounds. Then two and one, then two and two, then three and two and three and three... It was amazing to see how tight it was in the earlier rows and how I loosened up in the later rows. You know, when you can see how how your tension is tight in the beginning and how it loosens up as you go on, you can sort of try and find a happy medium. Uh, well worthwhile. And actually, before any I do any colour work in the future, I will probably just do a swatch doing that, you know, one and one, one and two, two and one, two and two, um, until I get hit the right notes. When I started, I was just alternating yarns by dropping and picking up, or slipping grip, as the cheetah called it. And although it was clumsy, my tension was probably better doing this after a fashion. But I was really determined to try and knit Continental, so I persevered over the weekend. 
um, the first weekend of the, the, the class. And, you know, it's still clumsy. And I still have some different, slightly different tension problems. But I can now knit with one colour on the right hand and one colour on the left hand. Again, I've been, you know, I just need to practice. Some students are work, were working on, after one class, decided they were going to cast on mittens. Some hats, others like me are just sort of knitting on. I'm going to knit and knit and knit and knit till I get happy with it, really. Other um, members in the class were making laptop covers uh, and Kindle covers. The teacher, Elizabeth, uh, brings a lot of uh, stitch books and samples and all overs and gloves and mittens, and that was really, really inspiring. I was particularly struck by the gloves that um, the teacher had brought in that were knit by a blind relative of hers, and they were in a Faroese pattern, which apparently Faroese patterns were what Shetlanders knit before patterns from Fair Isle were brought over. Isn't that sort of awe-inspiring? You know, it shows how how things are transmitted and and the journey. You know, I find it fascinating that patterns from Faroe made it to Shetland before patterns from a Shetland island. I find that awesome, absolutely awesome. I am aiming to cast on Karina Westerman's Gullian Ristis once I get happy with my tension. I have to say I've never been a fan or wanted to knit sort of the Fair Isle all-overs, but I do think that colour work is a beautiful detail and I'm really happy that I'm adding to my knitting techniques and um, it's another... What's a knitting term for another string to my bow? It's another, it's another stitch on my needle, really. Are you planning to go to any wool fairs and festivals this year? I think the festival wool festival season is officially open now, isn't it? Because recently there was Unravel and um, they just seem to be more and more as, as uh, the months roll on. I am hoping to go to the Highland Wool Festival in May. In fact, I have already booked a class and I'm really, 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 really looking forward to that. There are going to be exhibitors and there are workshops and I'm going to get to say hello to Helen from Ripple's Crafts and I'm going to get to um, see Louise from Caithness Craft Collective. I really, really love the idea of going to Unwind in Brighton but it's when you think that I'm way up here in that little box on your weather map and Brighton is way down at the bottom. It's quite a long long way to go. Possibly, there is a possibility of Woolfest, um, getting getting along to Woolfest um, again, which I really enjoyed last year and I, and I would love to go again. But, and do let me know if you're going to be going to any of these because it'd be great if, if I do manage um, to get to Woolfest and certainly if you're going to the Highland Wool Festival on the 24th of May, I'd love to hear from you because it'd be great to say hello and catch up. The one thing I love about loved about Woolfest and I really like about wool festivals is that you get to handle some new wool. Um, last year at, at Woolfest, I don't think John Arbin had their Exmoor sock on the website yet, but they had it in abundance and I bought some. And, it, and, it, and I think it's a great opportunity for sellers to trial out their new brands and see what people think. If you were at Unravel, you were probably hugely lucky to have seen and bought and squished 
some of the wool that I'm knitting with right now. Mentioned on my Christmas gift buying blog, John Arbin's Viola yarn, which is a colour blended yarn made to look like it's been hand dyed. And I when I first mentioned it on the gift the gift guide blog, I got loads of emails saying, Did I know when it was gonna be out? It's there's nothing on the John Arbin website, they say they're making more and they have been absolutely inundated. They can't they can't get the stuff in the shelf because it's selling before it even goes online. I mean, that's amazing. Hope they're hoping that they're going to get it in the online shop in March. And so I thought that I would pester them and see if they had a skein or two that I could buy to give it a little review for you listeners. And uh, I emailed John Arbin and have had some lovely email conversations with Juliet there and who kindly sourced two skeins for me and uh, sent them up to Shetland and she said that uh, that they were going to be taking it to Unravel for all the lucky Unravel visitors. Let me tell you a bit about it. It's 100% merino, double knit uh, and you get 250 metres in 100 gram hank. It's so smooshy. <laughs> um, when, I, when I opened the packet, package I just sort of went, ooh. <laughs> it's, um, when you pick up the skein, it's full of air. It, it's worsted spun. And it really, really, really looks like it's been hand dyed. The process, they call, the, uh, John Arbin, they call it dry dyeing. At the mill in Devon, they, they blend pre-dyed tops. And that's why you get this mixture of colour. I got... The cinnamon colourway, which is, again, it's a, a russety, auburny colour, which obviously I'm very drawn to at the moment. <laughs> Yellows and oranges and auburns. The light that's in it is, is lovely. It's like there's, it's like little firework, um, lots of different flashes of colour. And um, I'm knitting with it um, the Age of Brass and Steam kerchief shawl by Orange Flower Yarns. In fact, I should have mentioned this in the cast on cast off, shouldn't I? Um, I? Actually, I'm knitting the reverse of the Age of Brass and Steam shawl because I didn't read the pattern properly. So <laughs> instead of sort of the stockingette sec- section um, of the shawl and then a garter and a garter eyelet section, I've done a garter section and then a stockingette eyelet section, which is really, really, actually really nice. And this yarn lends itself very 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 well to garter stitch it's a great stitch stitch definition um, and the colors are beautiful in garter stitch i'm just thinking back because i've spoken too much and i've purled instead of knitting you see i have to have to remember now that when i read the pattern i have to do the opposite of what i say i'm doing (laughs) this is a really special yarn very 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 special i think I can I can totally understand why they've not been why John Arbin have not been able to to keep a stock of it. This cinnamon one, I mean, I saw somebody in Ravelry call it brown, which it's just not. It's on fire, it really is on fire. When you pull and when I, I'm pulling out the the garter stitch and the colours, the depth and texture of colours is just amazing. There are six shades at the moment, and I got sent a shade card. There is Aquarius, which is the other colour that I have, which is a very deep blue, teal blue, um, with twists of turquoise and greys and greens. There's Black Current, which is deep plums and 
cinnamon, as I've mentioned, fern, which is lovely and olivey. It also has straw yellow, and when you look very closely, there's very, very bright orange in there. There's North Sea, which is uh, another blue, so different from Aquarius. And there's Unpredictable, which is a fawn-coloured yarn. I'm just... There's in, in here, there's grey and green and silver. It's beautiful. It's it's really, really, really special. And if you see John Arbin at any shows this year, make a beeline for um, Viola. Or voila, I was calling it for ages. I was calling it voila. How stupid. It's not even spelled the same. But I did say voila when it arrived. <laughs> Such a fool. I'm going to put up a picture of the the sample that I'm knitting with and also the yarn in the skein so you can see what I'm talking about. Also, I'm going to direct you to John Arbin's website, which is www.jarbin.com, where you can see in the blog there is a picture of the tops um, that the that that, will, that become uh, viola before they're spun and the colours are amazing absolutely amazing all the colours that go into making the colourways I'm really really taken with viola I knew I would be I think sweater or cardigan is going to be beautiful in this yarn because it's worsted spun and it's got that squishiness and, and so full of air that it would make a really warm cardigan or, or sweater but I can't tempt myself any further because I have too many whips on the go. So if you, again, if you manage to get in, to any shows this year, make a beeline for John Arbin and check out um, Viola. And also stock the website and hopefully soon they'll have it on the shelves there. Well, I can't believe that's another podcast in the bag. As I say, I'm really trying to give myself plenty of time to do podcast and blog stuff with regularity and as I say it has been a bit difficult of late I do aim to podcast once a month although sometimes we just have to go with the flow again I'd like to thank everyone who's left me comments and Ravelry messaged me and tweeted me and I would really like to thank Claire Devine, Linda from the Kettle Yarn Company and Katie from Sylvan Tiger who all mentioned the Knit British podcast in their blogs I'd like to thank Joe from the Shiny Bees podcast who gave me a lovely review and I I was really touched by that. Thanks also to Mossy Moss Stitch and Peace Weaver for their lovely Ravelry messages. And I've had lovely tweets this month also from Samuel Beckett Music, White Heart and Unfurling Knit. You guys are really encouraging me to carry on and, and thank you so much for listening Oh, and I should say thank you so much to Vivi Knits, who gave me my first review on iTunes. And lovely it was too. If you're so inclined to do these things, to rate and review, then then that would be lovely. But to all my commenters and tweeters and emailers and listeners, thank you very much. You make me smile. The music again is from musicalley.com and you can see all the credits in the show notes. You'll always find me at knitbritish.net. I tweet as Louise B. Scully. I'm on Ravelry as Lyra and I'm on Pinterest too. Thank you very much for joining me. See you next month. Bye.
sands of time slipping through my fingers I gotta take the time to feel it between my toes because standing here at the edge of this ocean is unreal I don't know how to feel cause if I take that first step out into the ocean how long will it be before I nearly drown and if I take that first step out into the ocean I may not keep my head up long enough to hear the sound of you calling out to me come back now watching the sunset on everywhere I've been looking out into the unknown should I chase that sun into the horizon or will I be left standing here dark and cold cause if I take that first step out into the ocean how long will it be before I nearly down and if I take that first step out into the ocean I may not keep my head up Long enough to hear the sound of you calling out to me Come back now And what if I get caught up in a riptide But what if that's exactly what I need To carry me away and maybe I can swim the ocean round what if the earth really isn't found? Cause if I take that first step out into the ocean How long will it be before I nearly down? And if I take that first step out into the ocean I may not keep my head up long enough to hear the sound Of you calling out to me